Jess, I need you to come up with the idea for the top of the show this week. <laughs> it's Father's Day. <laughs> it is Father's Day. I've got a dog. I'm her father. You you are. I need you to come up with the bet. This doesn't count as the bet. You still have to come up with something. Okay. Okay. You play D&D, Jessica. You can do this. Come on. I need you. I need you here. I need you now. Those are just the lyrics of the song. That doesn't count. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, everybody. Uh, <laughs> You're like shuffling the table around and really settling in. Oh, it's so hot. It's cold outside and it's broiling in this apartment. I don't know. I think that the heat just gets trapped in. It was 102 here the other day, so. Oh, and I just walked April. I walked her in shorts and a t shirt. I'm like, I'm going to cool off. I'm going to come back in. I'm going to be all good. Nope. Came right back in. Hot, sweaty, tired. I need you to get me a nice mint julep so I can cool down. Sorry, I've just been singing Jessica Simpson in my head since you said the t-shirt thing. It made me think about nothing but a t-shirt on. I never felt so beautiful. I don't even remember saying anything about a t-shirt. That's how you were talking about what is. you were wearing when you walked in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I already forgot. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone. Today we're talking about I Need You. But first, top of the show business, Dan. Well, as long as you're mentioning this is not top of the show business, I'm just thinking Christian podcast, Jessica Simpson. Maybe I've told this story before, but I remember one time I go to youth group and one of the moms of one of the random girls, like, was teaching that week. And, like, she never taught any other week. But she just really needed to teach this, like, abstinence purity lesson, right? And, she really needed to. Right. And so she was the teacher that week. And From like, what I've heard about, actually, about your schoolmates, I think that she really did need to teach that lesson. Maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, her, or sex ed with condoms and how to protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good good point. Fair enough. And so she was like, so she comes and she's like teaching this whole lesson about purity and stuff. And there's like a photocopy of like an article from like some probably some teen magazine <laughs> with Jessica Simpson in the picture is her and some friends eating yep. pizza, like literally eating pizza. Like it's 1994. And this is like specially marketed to kids. But this is like 2000 or something. And they're like, Jessica Simpson saved herself for marriage, blah, blah, blah. And then the I'm, I don't remember this whole lesson, but the mom who was teaching this lesson is like, well, that's just great. Can you imagine someone cooler than Jessica Simpson saying, I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I can name like 150 people cooler than Jessica Simpson. (laughs) But then again, like I was like the least, I might have been like one of the least sheltered kids there. So I probably like, like new cooler celebrities, you know? Right. So yeah, that's just what makes me, that's just something that came to mind. 
So we do have voicemails that we weren't able to play last week, so let's play some of these. Hey, Danny and Jess, it's Lindy, West Palm Beach. Um, I'm in the middle of listening to the 100th episode. Yeah. So congratulations. Woo! Woo! <laughs> That's awesome. Why don't all of our callers call up with this kind of energy? And we've had people send us covers before, but no one's ever written an, offic- an original song for us. 100th episode. That's my it. new favorite song. <laughs> Giving Jessica Simpson a run for her money. We're not going to talk about Ashley Simpson, who was popular when I was in high school. She was the cool one. She was. She was the moon sign. She was sign. also the one that couldn't sing. Yeah. She was the moon sign to Jessica Simpson's sun sign. Sure, why not? I don't know. Is that how it works? I really I, don't know. I don't know. But one, I, one is definitely darker and one is lighter. So if that's what that means, then you're on the right track. What would that Christian mom think of me qu- trying to talk about astrology today? <laughs> I don't know whether to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, just congrats. I don't know. But I felt guilty because Jess was like, I can't believe nobody called in to wish us a happy 100th. So I'm calling. I interrupted the 100th episode to call you and say congratulations. I'm still doing my parfait listening. And I was um, the last episode I listened to was episode 32 where we talked about can't complain. And you guys talked about, like, song comparisons and what certain songs sound like other artists. And I had a couple that I wanted to just, I guess, share and see if you agree. Gloria definitely has that Neon Trees vibe. When you guys said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. I listened and I heard that, like, immediately. Um, when You Were My Baby sounds like Hanson, but, like, current. Hanson. I don't know if they actually are current, but um, at least a couple of years ago, I heard something from them. Uh, Lost Boy reminds me of the Jonas Brothers. Like, I don't know. It has it has like a almost boy bandy vibe, but also Jessica just made a face like, hmm, maybe yeah. I like that. What the? <laughs> she that, made a Robert uh, De Niro face that? like, hmm, I guess so. <laughs> what's that? The video girl, the video girl who rocked my world for a whole 10 minutes and now you know. What's that song? You, that video one. Video girl? Yeah. Is it called Video Girl? I don't I know, think it's just but video girl. That, that was a bop. Also, Hanson, that takes me back. I know they're still making music and <laughs> I haven't listened to them <laughs> That's recently. a boom bop. I, yeah, I haven't listened to them since, I don't know, their second album, the Christmas one. I don't know. Like somewhere in there is probably when I, when I dropped off with Hanson. Still back in the 90s, but... Did you ever hear about the Christian Hansen squirt? From you? Yeah. Somebody... <laughs> I didn't mean to come at it with that attitude, uh, but I came at it with that attitude because from Danny... From you, loser! <laughs> I came at it that way because Danny has been, like, at least, like, six times throughout our relationship has been like, oh, do you know about the Christian Hansen squirt? And I'm like... Yeah, you mentioned it before. <laughs> it's like a cell. It's like Wikipedia citing itself. Like you're like, yes, I heard about it from you, <laughs> and only from you. I don't even like. I just found it hilarious that they existed because I used to go. If anyone ever shopped at ChristianBook.com, um, I they only had the one book. Yeah, the good book. <laughs> they had the one book. They're the only book you need. Just the Bible. You already found the book yep. with all the answers. So, to all your questions, so taking a closer look. Anyway, 
ChristianBook.com, for some reason, the warehouse was in Massachusetts, which is really funny because Massachusetts for many years was not a market for like Christian music other than Soulfest, right? Mm. But a lot of Christian tours would not come through Massachusetts, the heathen, mostly blue area. And Soulfest was not even in Massachusetts. Well, it was in New Hampshire. Yeah, but it's all, it's New England is basically a state. You got to think of New England as a single <laughs> state. If you combine all the New England states together, it's still not nearly as big as a lot of other states. So New England was not like a big Christian market when I was a kid in the 90s. A lot of Christian tours that I wanted to see would pass up there. Like, oh, to this day, Scottmania didn't come anywhere near there. And like, like that's a travesty. Like everyone, in all the Supertones, the Insiders, and Five Iron Friends, you should all pay for, for me not getting to go to that. But anyway, for some reason, despite this, ChristianBook.com's warehouse was in Massachusetts. And a couple times a year, you could it, it was an open house. And you could just go inside and you could just take things off the shelf. So like it is like a, it's like an Amazon warehouse, like a warehouse with rows of CDs and books, and you could just go in and you could take stuff off the shelf, and then you could go up to a special cashier they set up, and you could buy it. And it was there, and I would go and I would search for all the ska CDs and the punk CDs. And I remember one time I just looked in a box, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And I looked at it, I'm like, "It's a Christian Hansen, <laughs> and they're called Squirt." <laughs> I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it, but that's where I saw they existed. And I can see why day, they thought that was a cute Christian-friendly name, but I can also tell you why and see not. why it's not. <laughs> and then i was so obsessed with this uh that like at the big there was a venue in new england back in in new hampshire called what was it called cafe eclipse and cafe drifter and it was not it was owned by a christian guy but they booked all kinds of shows there right and i but i would talk i could talk to him about any kind of music the owner of that place and like i talked to and he knew all kinds of stuff he knew all kinds of music and somehow squirt came up somehow hansen came up and i mentioned squirt and he's like oh yeah well like and he said to me which i don't know to this day i've never gotten a speaking of wikipedia i never got a secondary source for this but supposedly like hansen could have like they marked they they tried to get on christian labels like they were sent to everything including christian labels and they didn't get accepted by christian labels and then they got accepted by a mainstream label and obviously their long hair right right even though that's the most Christian thing of all, it's the most Christ-like. That's a very good point. And um, then, like, I guess, so... They were blonde. They just needed to dye it, like, a darker yeah. brown shade. <laughs> so all the Christian uh, record labels missed out on Hanson, so then they just go around trying to put their own one together. I mean, good for them, because Mbop would not have been the big bop if, if it had been released on a Christian label. And without Mbop, we don't have Mm-hmm, the Reliant K album. They're directly correlated when you think about it. I feel weird that I was like, I can tell you about a different meaning for squirt. I feel weird about that. The the way I stated that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's 100% what I meant. Yeah, they could have been sued by the soda. So there's a couple seconds left here of Lindy's voicemail. Did they have to spell it differently because of the soda? No, I don't think so. Reliant K should have gotten their same manager then. (laughs) Just good melody. Um, and then Take You Home sounds like a David Guetta, like, compilation with somebody else. Who that someone else is, I don't know. But it reminded me of a David Guetta comparison. So, um, anyway, the voicemail's about to cut me off. But, uh, yeah, also, thanks for, uh, shouting out my little, I, I guess, video. I don't know what it was, but it was the Instagram thing where I had, like, the three-song compilation. Yeah, anyway, congrats. Bye.
Another song. Congrats. Thank you. We have people writing songs about us now. 100 episodes. It's good stuff. I want people to start sending in covers of Lindy's 100 episode song. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. Just all the meta. So meta, thank you meta-ness. very, very much, Lindy, for calling up and leaving us that voice message. And yeah, we should get back to Collapsible Lung soon. I think we're going to do Lost Boy next, maybe. Off of Collapsible Lung, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said, right? I yes. Said, okay. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't sure if you meant next week or if you meant the next time we visit Collapsible Lung. The next time we visit Collapsible Lung, yeah. Right on. So then we have one other uh, congratulations on 100 episodes two weeks later. Well, they called a week later, but this is, see, we're you know, getting to it two I feel weeks bad for guilt tripping people, but I got what I wanted, so. <laughs> this is your corporate overlord Brady calling. I'm sorry, who? I haven't heard f- from this Brady in ab- quite a while. <laughs> it's an abs- he's an absentee corporate overlord. What if, well, what if this is one of those undercover boss things? What Wh- if- where is he? Is he you in disguise? Yeah. <laughs> is he me in disguise? Maybe he's been, the, I don't know, the mailman the whole time. Oh, man. And he's been an undercover boss. That would be boss. really weird because our mail lady <laughs> looks nothing like Brady. She kind of looks like a very old Pamela Anderson. I don't know why you had to qualify that with very old. <laughs> she does not look like Baywatch Pamela Anderson. She looks like who does Pamela Anderson older than maybe she is now. I don't even know what Pamela Anderson looks like now. I don't either, but... (laughs) Get her on the podcast. (laughs) I'd like to start this call off by saying, happy 100th episode, guys. Um, On the note of the adventurism of Bilbo and Frodo Baggins, um, in the books, uh, it's quite clearly explained that the Tooks, who are cousins of Bilbo and Frodo, are known for as adventurers and rabble-rousers. So it's their Tookish nature that um, leads Bilbo and Frodo to eschew their respectable Baggins' ways and go on glorious adventures. Happy 100th episode, guys. So thank you to Brady for explaining that. Thank him. Jessica, thank him. (laughs) Thank you, Brady. (laughs) I didn't mean that way. I just misspoke and then directed it at you. So (laughs) I caught myself fumbling. Um, So thank thank you very much, Brady, for the 100 episode. Congratulations. And for explaining Hobbits to us. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Jessica's Jessica's got a Tookish nature. So I think that's it for Top of the Show Business, and we can get into the song, which this week, and that's me closing my phone, this week... We're talking about the best song off the Jennifer's Body soundtrack. Is this on the... I need you. No, it's not on the Jennifer's Body soundtrack, but it could absolutely fit in on there. Well, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but P.O.D. was on the Little Nicky soundtrack, so... (laughs) And P.O.D. and Project 86 were on the... Blair Witch 2 soundtrack. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Christian artists have a tendency to turn up in otherwise satanic mainstream movies. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, Jennifer's Body. Man, that that soundtrack has some great jams on there, actually. I mean, and not just the low shoulder stuff, but it's, it's some good stuff. Also, we have a lot of younger listeners. Younger listeners who are into, like, pop punk and, like, mid-2000s scene. If you haven't seen Jennifer's Body, go watch it because it's... It, it's it's like four years too late because it came out in 2009, but it's like the most 2005 movie you'll ever watch. They make MySpace references like MySpace mm-hmm. plays like into the plot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that there are. <laughs> April's like, what's MySpace? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it was very. before your time, April. Yeah, it's a very of its time movie. And I saw it only a couple years ago at a thing where the comedian Doug Benson talks over it i had never actually seen the movie before but jessica had so i got to see it in the best possible scenario where comedians are mocking it as they're going and it was amazing and yeah there's a lot of stuff that doesn't hold up no aside from just the like the timed the very specific timed nature of it and how it's based in the early 2000s culture although also i mean if you really want to better understand mid and early 2000s culture you didn't if you didn't live it Aside from just listening to our podcast, you can go and you can watch Jennifer's Body. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who is like on Tumblr going, oh, man, I wish that I was a high schooler in like the mid to the early to mid 2000s. No, you don't. Go watch Jennifer's (laughs) Body. It's the same thing. Which is the better Amanda Seyfried movie? Mean Girls or Jennifer's Body? Who's to say? Both I've, great, great films. And it's funny because Mean Girls is earlier, but I think Mean Girls has yeah. a, has a timelessness yeah, to it. Like, it does. Like a Back to the Future. Yeah, I think they're like five years apart. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know what makes... Because things can be set in their time, but yet somehow timeless. Yeah. Jennifer's body's not timeless. No. It's very specific. I guess it's if you lean too heavily on the fashions and stuff. Because even like a lot of the fashions are singing Back to the Future. Like those are, um, you know, 80s, but it's not what everyone thinks of as the 80s. Plus yeah. just, then they spend so much time in the 50s. But like when you think of, of the way Marty That's McFly where they dresses, put all of, the, all of the fashion stereotypes are into the 50s. Right. Like he had his own style. Yeah. Marty McFly had his own style. So yeah. So I guess that's how you make a timeless movie. You wear pink. That's what that's what the Mean Girls did. <laughs> pink is always timeless. So this week we are talking about I Need You. What more mid to you? This is basically what you were saying and how we got into this conversation. But yeah, what a more MySpace time than Five Score. And this is to me one of the. Um, and I'm not saying that this is like my favorite song, but I'm saying this is like to me the the quintessential five score song oh wow in that it it kind of encompasses the feel the overall feeling of this is like this this song feels like the sum of all of the parts to me of five score like everything different everything about this album that's different from anything relying k previously did or anything they would previously do is kind of like encapsulated into this song because even a song like come right i'm looking at i gotta look at the track list but even a song like come right out and say it and the best thing and faking my own suicide uh, you know the meaning of that song behind uh, aside must have done something right like these are all songs that like yeah they're a little bit different they're a little bit more uh, 
uh, clearly they're written from their time in Reliant K, but I could see, I could imagine an mm-hmm version of all of those songs. I cannot imagine an mm-hmm version of I Need You. Like, I feel like this is very specifically the 2006-2007 Reliant K, and you never would have really heard this song in any other context, unless maybe, like, on a bird in the B-sides, like, if it got set aside and you hear it years later, but you'd listen to it and you'd be like, wow, that's a very five-score song. I feel like this song... Yeah. Takes everything that is five score specific and puts it in a capsule, puts it in one specific three minute capsule. It is very of its time, which is another reason why I'm like, it should be on like the Jennifer's Body soundtrack. Right. Because that is a movie very of its time. Uh, Like my first note that I wrote about this song, because this is not my favorite song. And I tend to always forget that this song exists because it's a skip for me. I hear those like shrieking guitars and I hit next. <laughs> Jessica's such a mom. She's like, oh. I am. <laughs> It'd be like if you're, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure this is a really fun song to play, especially live. But I, I don't know. It's my first note I wrote was this song is lame and how hardcore <laughs> it tries to be. Like you're not Hawthorne Heights or MCR. Oh yeah, you're what's the hardest? K. What's the hardest of hardcore <laughs> reference I can drop in here? Hawk, Hawk Nelson, the hardest of hardcore. You're not under oath, all right. <laughs> it's it's just not a sound you expect from Lion K. They do execute it flawlessly. It's just not my thing. It's not something you would expect from Reliant K. Like Reliant K is American Eagle, not Hot Topic. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing that I always joke about with Five Score is that it's like their thrash album. It's like they're kind of, it's it's got these, it's their most aggressive album overall. You know what I mean? Like, it's got uh, Devastation and, Ref- we talk, we've talked about this with Devastation and Reform, um, I'm looking, with Bite My Tongue, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, it, that's why I jokingly call it their thrash album. But I can imagine somewhere there's a mom who enjoys re- enjoyed Relying K with their kid, and they'd put on this album and they'd be like, oh, oh why'd they have to, oh, why, why is, what's this song? This song's just too much. <laughs> listen to those guitars. <laughs> you know, when your mom, like, hates <laughs> some sort of music and she goes, listen to that. They're just like, <laughs> I can't take it. Next song, next song. <laughs> and that's you. That's what you sound like right now. Well, see, it's funny that you're you're like talking about how you've always called this their thrash their thrash album, and that you're like pointing at the different styles. Because as I was doing my research this week and thinking about this and listening to this song over and over, because I have softened on it a bit. Right. As I was listening to this, I was like, "Do you know what? I'm looking through the track listing, and I'm like, this is of its time. Collapsible lung. This is an album." where they did a bunch of different styles. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens to be that we accept that because... It's still in the mold of rock that you would expect from Relaying K. And this is the kind of... These were still the kind of like rock and even the more poppy sort of songs that we were listening to at that time. So we kind of accept it. Right. It didn't feel like that big of a shift like Collapsible Lung. Yeah. So yeah, it's like... A rock thing and when they shift so heavily into radio pop and all those songs are very very different from each other plus this album has that brand the band brand new influence that we just talked about 
with other five score songs like i definitely hear the influence of the band brand new which was you know and we got to mention every week but there's a huge problem now in that band in hindsight so it's not like we're going to play music of theirs to compare it to but i really really hear influence from him from that band on matisse and here which makes sense because when brand new hit it was almost like a handful of bands that kind of like hit the scene in such a way that they also influence all the other bands like a refused or like a blink 182's untitled album like brand new kind of did that as well at the time and they influenced a bunch of bands whether they knew it or not that was like a band's band where they really shifted uh, the sort of pop punk pop rock possibilities of the time and so i hear a lot of that influence in five score and i guess some of it's in although i don't really hear it myself Right. So what I'm saying is that I think I understand collapsible lung more because I can see Matt Thiessen going, well, you know, and it's been said before that, like, you know, the label pushed them to do this one and to make it more, you know, poppy, make it more mainstream or whatever. Maybe he looked at that and said, you know what? It worked for five score. Let me just do it for collapsible lung. Let me follow that same formula, except... He went full pop and didn't have that rock influence. He didn't stick to the more like he he kept with what was on the radio at the time. But taste had changed and and the band had, you know, sort of had changed and it just didn't work like the same way that doing it in the style of whatever rock was on the radio at the time would have worked because you listen to the first three albums and you're like, Reliant K doesn't really sound to me like anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, in those, it's like you would put it on, you'd put Reliant K into Pandora, and those first three albums, they don't, like, it would be, they would be hard to match stylistically. Right. Like, sure, you'd get Weezer and this and that, you know, like, but they were their own sound. It was like Reliant K had their own specific sound. Then it, yeah. mm-hmm, they're like, okay, we're going to do more like what's popular because we're enjoying what's popular right now. Right. And so that's what they put out, and it works, and it hits. And then it's like, all right, well, we'll keep going on that same style, because that's sort of the era that we're still in. But it's when they did that full turn to pop with Collapsible Lung that it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And the other one that's sort of an outside thing is, uh, in and of itself, is Forget and Not Slow Down. And that's just like a beautiful, amazing album that was definitely like, we're just going to do what we want, which is what the first three albums felt like. Right. Which is, we're doing what we are really passionate about right now. Yeah, they take all their influences with the first three or four albums and five, and, and Forget and Not Slow Down. They take all their influences and they siphon them down into something new that they've created. Whereas I see what you're saying is like five score and collapsible long feel more like we're influenced by all this stuff. Let's kind of like do that kind of stuff, but with our own voice. And there's a slight difference there. Exactly. And I'm curious if anyone out there shares their thoughts on this when five when five score came out it felt like a significant shift in sound for me i wasn't surprised by it not super surprised by it because by then i was i had been listening to music for a really long time and i was always used to the idea that bands will have significant changes that you're not prepared for but to me i heard five score i heard the production specifically of this album and how much more like not only aggressive but like how uh I don't know, to me, how full and how effects heavy the guitar was and stuff. 
and how the, none of the guitar really sounds clean with the exception of like the poppiest songs like must have done something right and faking my own suicide like i was surprised it felt like a wall of sound to me when it came out and i'm just curious if anyone else out there feels if you lived at the time if you lived it at the time or you came into real k later does anyone else feel like five score stands out a lot production wise and sound wise from all their other albums because to me it absolutely does same yeah and and i think that you and i were both on that same page where it was like the best thing single came out and we're like okay yeah this is fun we like this and like i think must have done something right came out next or at least we heard it next we're like yeah we like this and then when the actual album came out we were both just like oh and we, we weren't into it and i liked faking my own suicide but the rest i was like I don't really like the rest of this. Like, come right on, say it is fine, but not something that I would need to listen to over and over again like I would any song off. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Um, the thing is, like, so you're softening to this song as I've been listening to it more. I'm, like, actually not that much into this song. Although the chorus, that, whoa, I need you, like, I feel like that has been with me my whole life. Even though I didn't, like, live this album as strongly as I had the first four for some re- and as I'm saying, this song feels like it encapsulates all the moods and gives the sum of its parts, like puts everything into this one song. Like this is all a five score in one song. Um, I still like, maybe for that reason, I've s- slowly started to like not enjoy it as much because I'm like, it's too much of this album in one song. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And But I always enjoyed it, especially out- coming after the, the sort of like, poppier song that it, the the one I'm not the one I'm waiting for I come right, and come say right it. and say it um following that which feels a little bit more classic Reliant K in terms of the melody and the production and stuff but still has that five score sound like coming into this which is such a shift it's like okay you just heard some stuff that sounds like Reliant K here's something that doesn't sound like Reliant K as you knew them before and then we'll get a little bit more comfortable later like there's obviously a lot of thought went into the sequencing of this album but for me, like, I hear the whoa part, and it feels classic. And I think it was used in a television commercial, which I can't find online right now. There was a television commercial for this album. And I think it was used for that. It, so it doesn't, this wasn't a single, but this feels like it was a single to me. And when I hear the chorus, it feels burrowed in my head. But at the same time, like I said, I just feel burnt out on this song without having really listened to it my whole life. Right. So it's funny that you said you feel like it's a single because this song, while not a mainstream single, it was the second Christian radio single off this album. And it was nominated for a Dove Award in 2008 for Rock Song of the Year. That must be where I remember it because I'm always checking out the Dove Awards. (laughs) I mean, who isn't? Uh, So it's odd that you say that you like the sequencing of this because to me, I think it feels weird. It feels very disjointed. Coming between Come Right Out and Say It and the best thing, two classic Reliant K jams, Reliant K sound, piano. I'm like, were they trying to do like a Smashing Pumpkins melancholy kind of thing? Like, what were they trying to achieve maybe. with the placement of this? I mean, maybe, like I said, maybe it's uh, sort of like, hey, five. this album's going to sound a little different than everything else we've done before. Let's make sure you know that up top. You know what I mean? Don't like bury all of the much different sounding songs later in the album. Like, let's give you some of what you expect from Reliant K and a little bit more of what this album is going to do differently up at the top. Like, kind of give you a flavoring of things. And going back to Collapsible Lung, 
and even air for free those both those albums start off with the more acceptable like sounds like reliant k kind of songs right to open it and then they like throw you into the deep end with the the whatever's coming new mm-hmm. well i'm just looking at the track listing and like i don't know if you went from come right out and say it to the best thing i feel like that's kind of too much top loading of like this like i mean i would i wouldn't call that's both, fair yeah I, I wouldn't like the best thing is kind of a ballad i wouldn't call come right out and say it a ballad but they are both of like a sincere uh sweet emotion right come right out and say it is a plea for like understanding and and, and the possible breakup of, an, of a relationship but still the the tone of come right out and say it is still intended as sweet the tone of i need you isn't really sweet right it's kind of it's kind of it's a little dark i mean it's 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 about needing christ this is like the opposite of me of of a of best uh, be my escape right where, and we'll get to that in a minute yeah, but there's i don't think that there's anything in the lyrics here that absolutely says this can or cannot be about a person about a relationship with a person or a relationship with god but i do think this is written from the point of view of a person uh, of god this is written from the point of view of your relationship with god but then left open on purpose so it can be interpreted by anyone but i'm just saying like you go from come right down and say it you know sweet contemplative pop song to aggressive song i need you dark a little for a little a little brooding a little like uh, looking for desperately looking for a little transgressive a little desperately looking for relief into the best thing another sweet poppy song about love just flat out about love to forgiven another slightly aggressive song about being penitent and a little brooding and again like and religious in nature like i need you like come right out and say it and the best thing are only songs about girls whereas i need you and forgiven are kind of are, are pretty much really songs about god which could be interpreted as relationships with girls or whatever but that's, yeah 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 i just wanted to if we're gonna go into the lyrics now like despite the following lyrics when my hope seems to dangle somewhere just beyond my reach you say you've heard my prayers you've read my words there on the beach I think that this is another great left open to interpretation by the listener as to whether this song is about God or a love interest or even a friend kind of a song. I'm sure a lot of people have their security blanket friend. I know I always have. They change over time, but I often have a friend who like I gravitate towards in social situations who say if they're not going to go to a party, I probably also will not attend that party Mm -hmm. uh, because they're not going or like if uh, we're just out you're already at like a larger group event they're kind of who i'll stick with most of the night Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and so uh, yeah i think that it could be it could be interpreted as about whomever you wish you know despite that very clear sort of it feels really about god kind of lyric i think that you can interpret it however you like yeah um sorry i'm just looking a little bit more into the track listing and i'm realizing that honestly like all the even tracks are like, a, I mean, we can debate Devastation and Reform, but here's the even tracks on the album. Come right out and say it. The best thing. Must have done something right. Devastation and Reform. Faking my own suicide. And bite my tongue. And then Deathbed doesn't, uh, Death, the Deathbed doesn't count on what I'm saying. 
but almost all of those songs are definitively songs about a relationship with a person or more specifically a romantic relationship with a human. Right. Come right on, say it. The best thing must have done something right. And faking my own suicide are songs that we've already, we haven't done the best thing, but we've done almost all those songs and we dug into them. And like, those are songs where if you make those songs about God, then God sounds it's like weird. really weird. <laughs> yeah. And those songs should not be like those songs damage <laughs> like testimony and they damage faith to like openly say though these songs are about god so it's funny that it's almost like a weird al type track listing where it's right. like you go cover original or you go parody original parody original parody original yeah so maybe they did put a lot of thought into the sequencing and they just liked this song here yeah so there's one lyric that i always misheard and i i could get up and go to the uh I'm just going to hold on one second. Vamp for me, Jess. Oh, vamp for you. Well, I thought that I saw that this was on the live album somewhere. It is written somewhere on the Internet. It's on Wikipedia, so it has to be true. Throwback to Jennifer's body. Uh, (laughs) So it's not. It's I Don't Need a Soul, which I was like, this would be a weird song to be on the live album when I read that. So I was like. I don't feel like that's correct but yeah it's not it's it's i don't we know what when i did my research my youtube deep dive i don't need a soul came up a bunch because it's also got the word need in it so maybe right. somebody got confused and thought, yeah so i want to go get the booklet so we know we're reading the direct the directions the uh instructions to this song correctly the lyrics so we're we know we're reading the correct lyrics and not misheard or misinterpreted lyrics online I've dug up miles and miles of sand searching for something I can't see and I've just got bruised and battered hands and a brand new void inside of me. Oh, well, the word brand new is in here. And as I said, I think this song is strongly influenced by brand new. Oh, snickety snap. Complete with walls I did create from all the earth that I've displaced. A mess that I've made from what I've just let pile and pile up. Oh, you know, I always hear I've just let pollen pile up. I never thought about it. Honestly, that works too, though. When I, to be I, fair. I think I always heard the lyrics, I've just let pollen pile up, which always brought to mind the idea of like a car that sits out on the road forever and dirt and pollen just build up on it and it gets gross looking. And then someone comes along and with their fingers writes, wash me. <laughs> so I guess I didn't realize the lyric was pile and pile up. Yeah, these early, like, the, the the opening lyrics to this, I was like, is this, like, a Bible reference? Because it could go either way. Which one could be a Bible reference? The opening. I don't have the booklet in front I've of me. I've dug up miles so. and miles of sand searching for yeah. something I can't see. I guess it could be. Now, um, it doesn't say anything about that. There's no genius annotations. And we probably won't go to song meetings this week just because there's no, like, great debates in the comment um, section. It's just like, oh, love this song or woo, great song about God or whatever. Right. I have not been abandoned. No, I have not been deserted. And I have not been forgotten. I need you. I need you. I know. I need you now. I need security somehow. I need you. Like you would not believe. You're the only thing I want because you're everything I need. And then here's the lyric that I've never really known. Explore the cave that is my chest. I always thought he was saying the cube, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But I thought it was a very provocative... Cave makes a lot more sense. Cave makes a lot more sense. And then there's at least one cover where someone said cage. Explore the cage that is my Mm. chest. Well, you don't explore a cube and you don't explore a cage. You could explore a cube. What about... 
the movie cube. I was <laughs> going to say Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah, you explore that because it's a puzzle box. But then the movie cube is literally a big cube that you got to explore and escape from. There, there you it's go. It's like the, one of the original escape room movies. Uh, CanCon as well. So, anyway, hold on. <laughs> so I always heard cube. And I was like, he's probably... And my whole life, until this moment, I was always like... He's probably not saying cube, but that's what I hear, and I don't need to go look it up. But no, he's saying the cave, and you explore a cave. Maybe it's the Tesseract. There you go. You can absolutely... Well, why, where were you all this time when I was not... Why didn't Why didn't you just tell me these good explanations for what I heard that I've never <laughs> expressed to you before? Because we've never talked about this song before. That's why. Right. Well, it's obviously cave because it it says explore the cave that is my chest. A torch reveals there's nothing left. So you walk into a cave with a torch above you, just like in an old fashioned movie. And you look and there's nothing left. The lyrics are great. Your whispers, your whispers. Like I do love the lyrics to this song. Right. It's just the music that throws me. I mean, this is very, this feels like very over the top. Now that I'm looking closely at this particular lyric, this feels like very over the top uh, sort of simile of like, he, you know, he's, he set the whole thing up and like all this stuff and how he's dug his, he's dug his own coal, which kind of implies all, you know, digging your own grave and how I need you and I'm not been deserted and I'm not forgotten. And then he gets into this very over the top poetic flourish idea of like someone exploring, I guess the, cave that is his chest is his heart right so it's like he's literally he's talking about this thing of someone walking into his chest with a torch and calling out and the echoes off the wall it's like incredibly uh i don't know like i didn't expect that this was so it feels over dramatic i don't want to put it in any other like diminishing uh turn of phrase but it's it's it feels the most over dramatic that I think I've noticed in a while. And maybe that's another reason why I was never hugely into this song. Because even though there's a lot of wordplay in classic Reliant K songs, there's the wordplay here, but it's also just so uh, overly emotional. There's a word for that that I don't want to compare it to because I don't think Reliant K counts as that particular type of genre. But you know what I'm saying? Overly emotional rock music. Yeah. So now I've got the CD on the table. I've got the deluxe edition with the DVD in it. And I'm like, did they, the day they, sh- they did, the, the day they did this photo shoot, where they're like, we should get parkas, because we make a good team. Get it? I do. That's the same album, right? Yeah. How hilarious would it be if they were actually all in little matching Reliant K jerseys? It'd be hilarious <laughs> and adorable and very Aaron Carter of them. Very Aaron Carter. We should all <laughs> try to be a little bit more very Aaron Carter. <laughs> Not Aaron Carter of recent, where he's <laughs> crying and defending oh. Lou Pearlman. Gummy bear. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't have a ton more to say specifically about this song. I feel like I said a lot of it. It's a, It was a big um, live staple from Five Score up through Bird and the B-Sides. Because there's, mm. there, there's a lot of videos of it being played. Uh, they played it a bunch at Warp Tour 2008 when they had the Bird and the B-Sides backdrops on the stage. There's a lot of other performances of it from around the time of Five Score, and I only found one performance of it 
of all times in 2017 at the tail huh. end of the Switchfoot tour, wow. which is about as recent as you can get. Like those those yeah. last few Switchfoot shows in the early 2017. So this is among the last dozen or so Reliant K songs that they've played live for a crowd. So we'll go ahead and take our break now. And when we come back, deep dive and YouTube dive. We want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. From there, you can interact with us as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show. You can also call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. That's 402-957-2343. Leave us a message and we can play it on a future episode. Also, we invite you to check out SadieHawkinsPod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Tee Public store. There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag parody shirt, our little Sheet Boy ice cream shirt, and our all-new Boys from Canton ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Reliant K. And if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the complex infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke. Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Josh, JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard. Hey Jeff, have you ever heard of Reliant K? No, Tracy, I haven't, but you know what that reminds me of? If I had a million dollars. What? Oh no, no, don't do I it. I would buy you a K car. A nice Reliant automobile, yes. How did I know you were going to go there? Well, it could have something to do with the fact that it is the most famous song by the band we discuss every week. Oh, you mean Bare Naked Ladies? Dude, Reliant K is a Christian rock band. You can't say that. Sure I can. I don't think you can. Okay, bye. BNL. We have a great time discussing all the BNL songs alphabetically over at Bare Naked ABCs. Dude! We're not naked when we do it, and it's a podcast. Anyway, I've heard these guys and their music. These guys can take a joke. Ooh, I have one for you. Don't. Have you heard the one about the boy who moved into the hen house to sleep? We've already done this song. He woke up with yolk on his face when he found that all the hens had crossed the street. <laughs> oh, for bad jokes like that and more, come listen to us on all platforms you download podcasts. Just look for Bare Naked ABC. Dude, it's a brand name. So over on the Wikipedia page for this song, and it does have its own Wikipedia page, not a lot oh, of ci- not a lot of sources cited sites sourced here. <laughs> <laughs> That's surprising. Uh, it does. I need you is the second Christian radio single from Reliant K's fifth album, Five Score and Seven Years Ago, and it was released around July 2007. The song quickly made it onto ChristianRock.net's weekly top oh, 30. You know the the like you do yeah infamous ChristianRock.net. It also hit number one on Radio and Records Christian Rock Chart. That is a specific chart. Radio and Records Christian Rock Chart. The band also made the song available as a profile song on their MySpace. Maybe this that's song why I is feel. not a mainstream single and will therefore <laughs> not be getting a music video. What? 
In February 2008, the single was nominated for a Dove Award in the Rock Song of the Year category. That's There's a total of one external link here, yeah, and it and is for the, the lyrics. <laughs> one external link to Metro Lyrics and one Wikipedia reference, which is the nominations the of the Dove Awards. Yeah. That's so funny that nobody has updated. I mean, honestly, this Wikipedia page doesn't need to exist. This song is not a mainstream single and will therefore not be getting a music video. I this obviously say. Yeah. But this obviously hasn't been updated since the article was created and no one on Wikipedia has debated whether or not this article needs to exist. I don't know, itself. Danny, it says it was last edited six months ago. Yeah, but that could have just been a bot that's going through and like fixing tags that, you know, have been changed for music. Do you want to go that deep and look at the history of this? Oh, I am. It uh, was updated by Sir Amanito di Nicolao. Nicolato? Nicolo. Mm-hmm. Sir Amanito di Nicolo, who joined 15 years ago. Oh, but does it say what he did? Did he give a little note, or do you see the comparison? There you go. So it'll... There should be like a... Oh, no. What is Danny this? used to love editing wikipedia in his free time and he still does it sometimes so oh it's just let that's just i leave the wikipedia ing to you let's see i have to go to the desktop view then i go to view history okay all it says is that he added authority control i don't know exactly what that means and then back in 2018 somebody bd2412 fixed incoming links to christian to sort out bad links to Christian radio. Oh, to the word Christian. So there was an outgoing link. There was an incoming link to the word Christian that was not in there correctly. And then in 20, and then after that, in 2015. Well, what if I don't know what a Christian is? They should have relinked it to the proper article. Right. And then in 2015, so little editing to this article, somebody came in and cleaned up the info box, like that little box on the side of the wikipedia page or at the top when you're in mobile view they cleaned that up in 2015 like there were some missing bits or some wrong primers so yeah there's barely anything this article has almost never been it was added by rory s89 there you go in back in two all the way back in 2009 wow that article i'm sorry i love Relan k but this article doesn't need to exist it's not citable uh uh, there's a thing you put what do they call it it's like doesn't meet wikipedia criteria to exist (laughs) nice so next up there was not a lot on this song in my deep dive i only have like two articles here and this one i thought was kind of interesting it's an article uh titled dave douglas to leave reliant k Mm -hmm. this is from drivenfaroff.com what this is how i find out i didn't think we had ever read this before so i wanted to bring it to the table okay uh, written October 18th, 2007 by Bryce Jacobson. Dave Douglas will be re- leaving Reliant K at the end of the year. You can read the message from the band below. After seven years of touring, recording, and rehearsing, He's Dave Douglas He's a quitter. <laughs> has decided to leave Reliant K. His final show will be 1229. As a part of Reliant K, he has been an amazing drummer, singer, collaborator, and friend. Before Dave joined the band, we were plagued with drummer turnover. Although he was the fifth drummer in two years, the moment he joined was, we have read this before because we argued and debated over the fifth drummer in two years line. Oh, right. But then like we misread it the first time we read it. He's the fifth 
drummer. What is it? Read that line again. Although he was the fifth drummer in two years. So we were like live performances was what we came to. We were like, it must have been that they had different right, people right. play with them no, live and never no, recorded. Yeah, they were because that's that's right. That's right. I remember this article and we cut some of the talk out about it because the sentence. Dave Douglas was the fifth drummer in two years that that kind of broke our brain <laughs> yeah. on the episode we talked about it. And then I realized what they meant. So I cut a bunch of the talk out about it because okay. it sounds like they're saying now. So now we can we have the gift of hindsight to talk about that awfully written line although i guess it's actually from the press release so it's 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 the band's fault fifth drummer in two years (laughs) fifth drummer in two years refers to the origins of the band when the band started in 1998 he was the fifth drummer from 1998 to the year 2000 they had todd they had steve they had Dave, and they had two other drummers that have never been fully named. They're saying even though he was our fifth drummer in the first two years of our band, he became blah, 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 blah. But right. in this article, it is so it is not well written, and it makes it sound contemporaneous, or it makes it sound like up to date. Like they're saying in the last two years of the band, meaning 2005 to 2007, it's he's been our confusing. fifth drummer, and that's not, yeah. I remember that. (laughs) The moment he joined was the first time we ever felt like a complete band. He will be missed on the stage and on the road, and we wish him all the best, RK. So, I I mean, since we have read this before, I am just going to, I I will just keep going because I think it hasn't been for quite a while. Um, So for anyone who is not starting from the beginning and going through, uh, I know there have been some rumors and speculation about my future in Reliant K. I suppose I should clear that up. The time has, in fact, come for me to leave the band. This has been a very difficult decision, but I know that this is the right one. Reliant K has been a huge part of my life, and I am sure that it is going to take a long time to get used to not being a part of the band anymore. I have had a lot of good times, met a lot of great people, and been able to go to a lot of places. It's been a blessing and a pleasure to work with Matt, Matt, John, and John. Also, I want to thank everyone else. Fuck Brian Pittman. Just kidding. (laughs) Also, I want to thank everyone else who has been involved with the band, especially those who have been on the road with us. Our fans are amazing, and I want to thank all of you for your support and enthusiasm. I am moving on to new projects, and I hope that I will still have all of your support. Come the first year... I will be devoting most of my time to Gypsy Parade. Feel free to look us up and say hi. Until then, I will be playing with Reliant K, so I've got a few more shows left in me. I suppose that this is my farewell tour. Hopefully, I and the rest of Reliant K will see you at one of them. Thanks to all of you, Dave Douglas. Well, now I'm sad. Who are they going to replace him with? Also, we didn't talk about this before, but we, we're we not sure, but we're guessing that it's Dave who does the vocals. I was just doing vocals, that. I yeah. was just looking as you said that. Like, uh... It's probably not a guess. Well, no, here you go. Nothing... Here is right up right up top. Right up top at the top of the, uh, the other special credits. Josh Error of Avner, Vocals and I Need You. Ned oh. Brower of Rooney does Vocals and I Need You and Forgiven. Ned Bauer is courtesy of Geffen Records. 
Um, well, Dan, you need to get on the main Five Score Wikipedia and update that because usually I find that somewhere in my deep dive it lists who the guests are, and so I'm surprised that it did not list who the guest vocalists were. Which is why I thought, oh, it must be Dave because the only time it, when I do my deep dives that it doesn't note who the the other singer is. It's is, usually Dave. Is it's because it's Dave or some another member of the band. And every time Dave sings we're always like wait is that dave and it's like i think like i so hate consequences i was like oh that's dave singing <laughs> like the only things i know for certain is like when it's hoop singing like i can tell even though hoops and teeson have such close vocal uh cadence like i can tell when it's hoops and i can tell when it's teeson but for some reason i have a really hard time telling what's dave because yeah i don't know i don't know to tell you but I don't know if this is Avner. I've never heard of Avner. Well, no, this is like... I don't know. This sounds an awful lot like I Need You. No, they're not singing in English, right? So I see an Avner on Spotify, a band called... A- an artist called Avner, but they seem to be like European. There's, It's like... They've they got the umlauts above the letters and it's all Man, non-English titles. This is why it would have been great if MySpace had been properly maintained. Because right. then we could have looked it up on MySpace because they probably had one. Right. Well. What was that name again? Avner. No, the, the oh. name of the person from Avner. <laughs> uh, Joe Avner. No, uh, Josh A-U-E-R. Which is actually a lot of the same letters in Avner. Three of the same letters in Avner. Okay, he has uh, more of a presence over here. Over here on what? The internet. Not, oh, this is like some weird fan video that they used something for. I don't know. Is uh, Stranger Things girl in something where she's like a pilgrim? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, well, is, this is a fan music video I've come across. If this is the same Josh Avner here. Uh, uh, Josh Hour. Hour. Josh Hour. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Here's a song called Picking Up the Pieces. Oh, wait. No, this is the song you just played. But I found the YouTube topic version of it. Oh, nice. So this must be him. I mean, it, it probably is him, unless there's another Josh Hour. And here's a... Okay, so you played that. Here's another song called S- Always On My Mind. Sounds very Reliant K. <laughs> yeah. And I, I found the, another thing that he plays bass for Phil Wickham, and... There's a, some posts about a health crisis he had with his daughter and a mm. GoFundMe. Um, so since it looks like there is a, a Christian time, which I hope that his daughter is okay. Mm-hmm. And sending out thoughts there. Those are from 2018. Uh, yeah. I would say that that's probably who that is. Yeah. Oh, I like this. This his this is his song Dear You. Yeah, this sounds like something that would totally yeah, with sure. okay. So And yeah. who was the other one? 
Oh. There's a second name. <laughs> I, I wrapped the CD back up, so hold on one second. I can get this real quick. Uh, the guy from Rooney, Ned Brower. Ned Brower from Rooney. Everybody knows Rooney. They got that song that goes, Hey, hey, we're Rooney. How's everybody doing out there? Sure. They've got that cover. They've got that album cover that looks like the California flag. Oh, okay, that's why. Yeah, I get it. Okay, right on. This is it right here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what the heck? Oh, he was in not another teen movie. Nice. What the 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 number two song by Rooney is. The Iron Man Iron Armored Adventures theme. <laughs> like a CGI Iron Man cartoon show. Their number two song is the theme song to that. Oh, and he was on Dawson's Creek as Elliot Sawyer. Replicate as a stoner. He was Dude in Not Another Teen Movie. Awesome. And Rudy in Big Fat Liar. Ned from Rooney played Rudy in Big Fat Liar. Right on. And last up, Relevant Magazine. What does Eve 6 want to talk to Reliant K about? We already know about what Eve 6... I was a literal dick, and I, like, popped in that day, and I'm, I, like, on their Twitter, because I, I... Well, do you want to see if you're, if you're cited in this article, Danny? No, I'm good. No. <laughs> they didn't want much of anything. They were just making a stink. They just wanted to know what's the song that references us, Eve 6. The answer was, that's my jam. The end. That's all Eve 6 wanted from Reliant K. They wanted nothing else. So you don't want me to read this article is what you're saying? I mean, you can. It's going to pontificate a bunch of, about a bunch of stuff like, who? Da- here's who Eve 6 is. And the Eve 6 guy talks about all this on Twitter. And he has a following for having his hot takes about punk music and blah, 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 blah. And there's not going to be much to it. And then they're going to make up a bunch of stuff about, well, maybe they want to do a special collab. You say that like that isn't the exact reason that I bothered putting it in my notes. Please do. Please read. A relevant investigation. What does Eve 6 want to talk to Reliant K about? By Tyler Huckabee, February 15th, 2021. Sorry, one second. This just reminds me of... Um, this just reminds me of the lead-up to The Last Jedi coming out and all the articles, like, one after the other, be like, who is The Last Jedi? Which character will be The Last Jedi? What does the title The Last Jedi mean? Nothing. And, the- <laughs> and then Ryan Johnson just, like, popped in on his Twitter to one of the things and said, it's it's Luke Skywalker. And just, like, blew up the whole, like, build-up discussion about that, which the movie itself kind of does as well. But that's not the point. There's n- The answer happened. The answer happened right there on Twitter when the big stink about this happened. He couldn't even leave it for the movie. <laughs> what a piece of shit. I'm sorry. And I despise, no offense, because I'm sure I know we have a lot of, of of Star Wars fans, and I used to be one of you. And Ryan Johnson, one of the reasons why I'm not anymore. Anyways, I hate Ryan Johnson apologists. They are really <laughs> obnoxious, and they are really toxic, and come at people with this very toxic aggression online that is not healthy for anyone. So if you're one of those people who just quietly enjoy what you enjoy and you know what, you could even be excited and loud about what you enjoy, but maybe don't attack other people for not enjoying the same things as you. That's a very good point. 
Late Saturday night, the official Twitter account of 90s alt-rock champs Eve Six posted a cryptic tweet, all the more strange for its presumptive brevity. Is Reliant K on this site? I have a question. Hmm, let's investigate. First up, the players. Rock fans of a certain age will know Eve Six as the Southern California act behind Inside Out, the Heart in a Blender song, and Here's to the Night. They've been on and off again as a band since the mid-90s, but the band has but the band was extremely important to a generation of kids practicing kickflips and hacky sack in their checkered vans in the school parking lot. Reliant K, you'll remember, as one of the contemporary Christian music's the contemporary Christian music's most successful forays into pop punk or power pop or whatever you want to call it. An Ohio group with a canny knack for swerving back and forth between cheeky youth group humor, teen angst, and sincere expressions of faith and doubt. Reliant K was one of those bands who embraced the fact that their Christian styling made them an awkward fit in the rock scene and was better for it. What do the two bands have to do with each other? Well, before Sunday night, not much. First, it's always interesting when blue check accounts use their Twitter followers like Google, crowdsourcing the answer to the questions that are easily searchable. When it comes to Twitter, the Eve 6 account is prolific. Even... Well, that's the joke. That's kind of the joke, is he's like a jokey guy. That Eve 6 guy's like a jokey guy. And he's like, yeah, I could literally just Google this. But instead, I'm just going to make a big stink and make some content out of this. Even insofar as someone can be talented, lead Eve Sixer, that is a mouthful, Max Collins, who runs the account, has recently garnered a lot of attention for his funny self efficating Twitter presence that offers pop culture commentary behind the scenes tales of the late from the late 90s scene and even the occasional piece of self-promotion new EP out in June Collins definitely knows he could well what would be the point of running your band's official Twitter if you didn't promote yourself how obviously why would Collins definitely knows he could see if Reliant K is on Twitter. He's just choosing not to, but he does have a question for them. Secondly, yes, Reliant K is on Twitter, as are its members, Matt Thiessen, Matt Hoops, and John Schneck. They're fairly active, too, having recently gotten... Well, this article person didn't even do all of their research because there are more members, past and present, who are, in fact, on yeah. Twitter. Ethan Luxbury much active on Twitter. John Warren is not super active on Twitter, but he's there, and Dave Douglas is not active at all. They're fairly active, too, having recently gotten in on the whole Bernie meme thing, so it's safe to say that they might be willing to engage if tagged. But Eve 6 didn't tag them. But they didn't. (laughs) However... That's where our story takes a turn. Not really. (laughs) One Eve Six fan did call out Schneck, and that's where we get a window. And that's where we get a little window into what might be happening here. Sean Joseph Deegan said, not, no, not all I'm trying to recall a story involves the chain smokers guy. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to take the thing from you, but basically... This is the, so. Then Eve. This is Eve Six replying. But Eve Six's name has changed recently. The oh, Eve Six okay. guy changes his profile pic and his Twitter name all the time. So when this article came out, it probably said like Eve Six guy up at the top. But this is Eve Six replying. And this is one of those in article widgets where if John Schneck changes his picture, that'll change. You know, if John Schneck changes, his but name, the at isn't at Eve Six. It's at Sean Joseph Deegan. 
No, that's someone else that I guess is in the conversation. Oh, okay. Confusing. That's the person who tagged Schneck. Just take screen caps, people. Because <laughs> that's the person who tagged John Schneck. So Eve Six replies and says, No, not at all. I'm trying to recall a story involving the chain smokers guy. And John Schneck said, I'm happy to be your chain smokers story prompt. Connect those dots. Hmm, curious. The song is in question is That's My Jam. I don't understand why they felt the need to link this particular bit of the conversation. Right. When it has nothing to do with anything. I remember now the whole story is the guy from Eve 6 had a conversation with one of the members of the Chainsmokers. The member of the Chainsmokers said, oh, I love the Reliant K song. That's my jam. By the way, Eve 6 guy, that song references your band. And then the Eve 6 guy just goes on Twitter. And instead of like Googling it or at mentioning Reliant K, he just wants to make content out of this thing. And he just goes and he says, hey, is Reliant K on here? And then, I mean, that is and what Twitter it. is. It's just people sharing yeah. what they think is clever. He just wanted to remember. That's all, that's all it was. Whatever else this relevant article says, that's all it was. The Eve Six guy had a conversation with the Chainsmokers guy who said, I love the song. That's my jam. Uh, it, the, by the way, it mentions you, Eve Six. At the end. That's all the Eve Six guy. But instead of just going and Googling it, he the Eve Six guy is like a big, ironic, ha-ha, funny rock-themed... Like, you know, going more than just promoting the band, they do funny, goofy, crazy things. So he's like, I can make a whole day's worth of content out of this if I'm mysterious about why I'm asking about Reliant K. I'm doing a little dance while I'm doing this. is my little Twitter dance, a little mysterious Twitter guy dance. <laughs> hmm, curious. The song in question is That's My Jam from Reliant K's 2013 album Collapsible Lung, which is a lyrical tour of the late of late 90s pop music mainstays like 311 Blur and Yes Eve 6. Now, what any of this has to do with the chain smokers is an even bigger mystery, but it feels like we're getting just, <laughs> a little, Danny just told us, a little warmer here. Why? So you decided to write an article that you did not fully research. Right on. <laughs> or they're pretending to be stringing us along, trying to keep us reading the article. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, something that can be easily summed up in one paragraph. As far as we can tell, Reliant K and chain smokers have never collaborated on any projects, but you never know exactly who crosses paths with who in showbiz has nothing to do with it so we are not clear yet on exactly what is going on but like reliant k themselves we are pressing on so far it looks like there is no petty beef to settle or even anything particularly dramatic going on unless this chain smoker story really delivers but we will keep everyone informed as we learn more no that was it that was all there was to it so That all there was to it was the Eve Six... I just said it. I'm going to say it a third time. The Eve Six guy had a conversation with the Chainsmokers guy about the song That's My Jam once. The end. And then he comes to Twitter years later and says, I want to figure out the name of that song. Can someone tell me? And John Schneck kind of tells him. And then Relevant writes a whole article about how, like, will Reliant K be doing a collab with the Chainsmokers? No. (laughs) Well, it just goes to show you that... Much like Eve Six's Twitter presence and this article, everything is content. So, what do you have for us this week, Danny? Well, sorry, I'm still a little a little worked up from the the Ryan Johnson thing. I get real worked up on that topic. Apologies. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna mention Ryan Johnson every week from now on, just to get you. When I think you got you don't have enough energy, I'm just gonna talk about Ryan Johnson. So here is. So there, like I said, this song was played a lot 12 years ago during the album 
of five score coming out which by the way while you were talking about eve six i went and i reopened my um streaming app and then i saw this i had typed in five score and look at what the second result for five score is (laughs) it's the fast five original motion picture soundtrack yeah the fast the fast five score so anyway this song was played a whole bunch there i see what spotify did there yeah so this album was this song was played a whole lot at the time up through at least you know commonly up through burden the b-sides so here's a very early performance of it on youtube and this is uploaded 2009 reliant k i need you live in murray utah oh that's right that's why i saved this so there's this whole thing not only did they play this song a whole bunch but they wanted this to be a big audience participation song where they would i have so many youtube videos that open with Tyson basically explaining the hook of the song. Whoa. Like, so many YouTube videos where he's like, okay, we're all going to sing this song together. The middle part goes, whoa. And then, like, Hoops would play those four notes on the guitar, which sounds like the Wonder Woman. But, like, they would over multiple, multiple times, dozens of times on YouTube, which probably means, like, hundreds of times in real life live, they would be like, okay, we're going to play this song called I Need You. The middle part goes, whoa, and you're all going to go, whoa. It's like, why do you need all that explanation? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a very, very simple part. Because that's what bands do. Part. And then, it's like, just a bit of stage banter. For those few people in the audience who maybe didn't listen to the album, it's really quick and easy to catch on to. Whoa. Plus, you do it. like The first time you do it, you've got it. I don't think you need to over-explain it ahead of time. So here's like a little version of that explanation. This one's very drowned out. Let me find a better, let me find a better take of that. So he's, I guess they were closing, they closed this Warp Tour set in 2009, or yeah, 2009, with this song. But every time, they're like, here's how it goes. Well, uh, I don't know. Am I harping on this too much? I just think it's silly. It's like, hey guys, this is, you, some of you know this song, some of you don't. It's called I Need You. So scream out, whoa. And you don't even have to hit it perfectly. Like, why over explain? You're harping on this as much as a Ryan Johnson fanboy harps on. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> The wondrous things he did for the Star Wars film. Just cool it. So, <laughs> i.e., ruining a perfectly good storyline. Okay. So there's a little of Tyson explaining again, and then I picked this. I heard someone mention Sadie Hawkins dance in there. Like, I didn't, it was yeah. like Sadie Hawkins. <laughs> Aren't they going to play Sadie Hawkins dance? I don't want to hear this song. <laughs> so here's a 2009 performance at Spirit West Coast. And this one's particularly funny because watch what happens right after Tyson explains, you know, tells everyone again, how, this is how you sing along to the middle part and then watch exactly what happens. Where's it going? <laughs> he just ran away. <laughs> and he's gone. So Tyson finishes describing the song and then he runs back and disappears. 
And then he's back just in time. Sometimes nature calls, Dan. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he's like, I really got to pee here in Spirit West Coast. So when he comes back, he might have actually run back to get something that was missing for the song. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's probably something technical. Because what happens here is two things. First, when we've talked about Collapsible Lung songs and we've watched some of those videos live from like between Collapsible Lung releasing and between before the mm-hmm, 10 tour... Tyson would commonly like do the frontman thing where he just would hold the microphone, right? Mm-hmm. And we found like especially during some of those collapsible lung songs like Boomerang and stuff, we found that a little like unreliant K, like Tyson right. just holding the microphone and doing the frontman thing with no instrument, no yeah. piano, no guitar. Well, here that's what he's doing on I Need You. So it actually turns out to be fair that was not like some special collapsible lung song, collapsible right. lung era thing. And I'm sure I literally, I must have literally seen this because we saw this tour at least twice, maybe three times. Yeah. So I probably, it's just not a memory that stuck to mind. Like, oh, Tyson's standing up and just holding the microphone. So just want to mention that. The next thing to mention here is I think it's called a vocorder. It's, he's got two microphones, one in each hand. And one right. is that one that does like the radio. Yeah sort of distorted thing he does that a lot in this era right and here at spirit west coast when he first starts doing it it's not working and it takes the sound guy a minute to like get it working and then it works there but my thing is here i don't hear a major difference between the two microphones yeah. i don't think it's worth it like it's not i don't know if they didn't well. have the effect on or it just doesn't come through live well, i think it's actually a microphone isn't it or is that just what they used in the live at capital thing oh right well this isn't that thing where you put the tube in your mouth and you like kind of sing into right it no it, it, was, it was different it was an actual like old kind of microphone that had a particular sound to it that right. he would use yes well, here live, he just has two microphones and one with distortion. But, like, one of them is one you hold kind of in your hands like an yeah. apple. And yeah. the other one is the classic, like, microphone that you hold up like a microphone. Well, it just doesn't sound like it's doing anything. So, I don't know. And then we can compare it. Well, let's listen to some more of this live before we uh, leave this. And we can compare it to 2017. Okay, it gets can, a little bit there. It gets a little bit better. Maybe the sound guy didn't have the right effects or something on it. But I still don't see the total need for it live. Right. Unless it's communicating something like that we might not have realized about the song when we talked about it. That each each opposite line is coming from a different point of view. Like maybe like explore the cube oh, yeah. that is my chest. The torch reveals there's nothing left. Maybe each you line. You said cube again. That's how it's in my the cave. Explore the cave that is my chest, and then it goes to the vocorder. A torch reveals there's nothing left. Maybe each of those lines is supposed to be from a different character's point of view. Like Could maybe be. one is his his id, and the other is his super ego or something. Maybe it's like two 
sides of his own brain or maybe it's one is him calling out and the other is like god whispering to him or something it could be something like that but now we're way too late in the episode to really explore that (laughs) so then let's compare it to 2017 where they're still explaining how you sing the four notes in the middle of the song Twelve years later, he's like, nobody can be prepared to sing I Need You unless I prep them for it. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, it's real blown out. But it's it's the only 27, it's the only like later days one I've got. See, now, but by 2017, they're like, it's not really worth it to use two microphones anymore. Right. It's, it's, it doesn't, the artistic intent doesn't match the effort. Right. And here you've got Tyson on the guitar, and you've got, you got three guitars and a bass and somebody else on something that the camera just cut off. Maybe some sort of keyboard. So those are the live videos I found. But like I said, there are a ton of live videos from the time of Forget Not Slow Down and Burden B-Sides. The Piano Dreamers did this. So let's listen to their cover. Oh, no. I was like, why does it sound like the flies are (laughs) sworn? It's always a commercial. (laughs) And I try to cut them out, but then if you have to say something like, funny to it, I'm going to leave it this, in. This is a choice by the piano dreamers. This is interesting. It was an it was a commercial for Off the the bug spray. No, no, no. Actually, this has been coincidence. The first one was that B commercial for State Farm, and then oh. it's a commercial for Off the bug spray. But they both happen to be commercials with bugs. I don't care for the sort of church interpretation the yeah. sort of like the very full it should be more staccato more plunking more like echoing down a distant hall like it shouldn't right. be dun 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 yeah it should be a little there should it should be a little bit more stripped down piano version because it took a whole 20 seconds before I even heard a melody that I recognized as the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Those are some high notes. I mean, hearing it broken down into a piano version, like those are some high notes. Yeah. Which there aren't a lot of, uh, you know, covers for this song, but people do struggle with it. So I, it seems like it's a very wide vocal range. For that, like, going all the way up here and then something, like, just going higher and I can't do it. I'm just fake doing it right now. (laughs) 
See, now far be it for me to criticize the Piano Dreamers. Because, yes, we'll criticize a Reliant K, a band that we protest to love. But I can't criticize the Piano Dreamers, and I feel bad doing it right now. But this interpretation, like, they really should have kept it more stripped down. Is it weird that it gives me anxiety? No, I guess not. Like that... Yeah. Like, it's so abrasive that I'm like, ooh. But the first, everything up to the... If abrasive, I, like a Ryan Johnson fan oh saying that if God. you don't like The Last Jedi, you're a racist and a son of a bitch. Oh, I'm sorry. What? what? All I said was that it wasn't a well thought out. All right. This is my fault. <laughs> this is my fault. So anyway, without knowing piano playing at all, I'm just saying it should have been a little bit more stripped down and less of that, like two-handed like dun 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 thing up until the chorus and this would i feel like it would have once you got to the chorus that's when i want the piano part to get really big well we got two night cores and they're just slightly different tones slightly different uh pitch and speed so here's the one uploaded by nightcore space pirate four years ago That was fantastic. This song was made for Nightcore. That was amazing. I'm pumped now. And I'll, you know, remember that the biggest, one of the biggest songs Relying K has on YouTube is the Nightcore of Devastation and Reform. Right. And this is definitely a cousin to Devastation and Reform. So this could and should be like a big Nightcore song. That was great. Here's the, let's just compare it to this other version. Uh, this was uploaded by Dark Nightcore Speedups five years ago and this has a few more views that other one only had 87 views this has 500 views So this one's definitely faster. Yeah, the first one really figured out the formula yeah. and the timing. And this kind of shows something I've hinted at throughout the podcast is that Nightcore really, it's it, it might be silly to say an art, but there is a consideration you have to do. It is not Absolutely. just throwing a song into Final Cut or something and speeding it up 110% or, or you know, up, up to 110%. You really have to like listen probably at every two percent until you find that sweet spot because you want you can't you can't pitch correct you have to let the pitch change so not only are you looking for the perfect speed but you have to find the perfect change in pitch that that works for the song so when I've made 
night course for this show for songs where there weren't enough covers i did it for bumming and stuff like that like i did that i like tested around every five percent interval until i found the one that worked that worked the best for me mm-hmm. so yeah this one's a little faster and it also sounds like maybe they processed it a little bit with an extra little bit, bit yeah. of reverb it does sound like there's something extra going on in yeah. this version the first version was really, really right. It's like spot right. on, though. You can do a little bit of uh, extra mumbo jumbo with a nightcore, like a little bit of a weird filter for a section or something that I've seen, and it'll make it work. Like you can't go crazy with it. Like throw in a little, like uh, some sort of, fl- you know, just some sort of effect that kind of gets you through maybe a little chorus or a little bridge that doesn't. Maybe ninety percent of the song works for the speed. But then there's this one little weird bridge or something, and you put like a weird little filter on it, like an audio filter, just to get you through that part, just to make it interesting. But that the pitch change doesn't work for that. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So you can add little filters and stuff, but you got to be very sparing with it with Nightcore. Uh, somebody like on one of the Nightcores I made, someone said something to me, and I was like, thanks. You know, just put. You know, they were like, I think when you upload a Nightcore, there's a lot of Nightcore bots that will congratulate you. <laughs> You know, it happens because <laughs> they want to get attention to their Nightcore. So they want people to see the comment on your Nightcore and click through to their Nightcore account. This happens on both Instagram and YouTube from what I've seen. But the first time I didn't realize that's what it was. So I commented back to them and they're like, oh, I was like, oh, thanks. Uh, you know, I, 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 I worked hard on this. You know, I, I, I did my best with this. And it's like, well, there is an art to it. They replied. So it's not just like a bot bot. There was a person. Yeah. But they replied and they said, well, there is an art to the to the uh, Nightcore. Yeah. So I'm out there making Nightcore friends. I'm afraid. Are they robots? Are they not robots? I don't know. But one person I know is not a robot. And they we, we hardly ever get to talk about him. This is one of the first cover YouTube uh, this is one of the first YouTube cover Reliant K people that we saw consistently in the early days of the podcast and we hardly ever see him anymore we just keep not picking songs that he's done Bobby Moon is back Bobby plus like I've reached out to Bobby Moon and he's never replied unfortunately but here he has a cover from six years ago this is excited this is his vocal cover of I need you hello I'm gonna do a voice cover of uh, Reliant K, I need you. Here you go. I dug up miles and miles of sand, searching for something I can't see. I just got bruised and battered hands and a brand new void inside of me. Complete with walls I didn't create, and all the things that I displaced. A mess and I am made from what? I dressed up by you, by I am not been abandoned. No, I am not been. Bobby Hart the bitters, and I hope. <laughs> Bobby hearts bitters and I heart Bobby. Yeah, his his shirt says I heart bitters. I really or thought biters. It, oh no, he heart he hearts biters? biters. Oh, that makes sense. I was gonna say it's oh. like those one of those I hearts heart booby shirts that were very big back in the day. <laughs> Not only does it say I heart biters, but then a bite is out of the heart in the word in the I get heart it. symbol. Oh, I am not been deserted, and I have not been forgotten. Whoa, I need you. Whoa, I need you here. I need you now. Need security somehow. Whoa, whoa, I need you. You will not believe you're the only thing I want. Cause you're everything, everything I need. Dun, 
dun 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 it's awesome. Great to see him again. It's like discover. It's rediscovering an old friend, reconnecting. It really is. That was great, Bobby. Oh wow! Yes. What? Thank goodness, because I didn't find this in my YouTube deep dive. I went back through his channel just to look if there were any songs. Because here he did an acoustic cover of this song. Oh, I don't nice. know why this didn't come up in my YouTube search, but Yay. thank goodness I manually found it. So here's Bobby Moon again, this time doing an acoustic cover. I need you for a Bobby Reliant K cover. Dug up miles and miles of sand Searching for something I can't see I just got bruised and battered hands And a brand new void inside of me Complete with I love that he's recording this at a skate park And you can see <laughs> kids skating around in the background And if you hear that like metal on pavement scratching noise That's what that is And I love his uncut guitar strings Up up at the top of the fretboard That's rock and roll baby It's rock and roll like he's raging against the machine but it's amazing i love it he's like i don't got time to do that i gotta get these songs out someone just reached over the top of the <laughs> skate park thing he's sitting behind and gave him the the rabbit ears Good stuff, Bobby. Good stuff. Spoiler warning, that's probably the best cover that I found because I, first of all, I didn't find it before the show, but then like a lot of the other covers try to emulate too strongly the, uh, the, the, the musical cadence of the studio track. Like he just took the chords, the bare chords, and like yeah. played it like you played an acoustic song. So here's a very, very punk cover in that vein by Victim or Victor. Uh, they make it a lot sloppier in like that sort of like cool, like almost like folk punk, but like aggressive, darker folk punk sort of way. Um, n- you know, Bobby Moon, I think, was the best one so far. But here's Victim or Victor. <laughs> And there's definitely birds in the background. <laughs> like, I think they have, I think Victim or Victor has pet birds. It really adds something to the song. It does. I think that's what was missing from the original Reliant K version. Just bird sounds? Yes. Various barnyard sounds. I mean, especially during this era, Reliant K is all about the outdoors. Throw some birds in it. Yeah. Put a bird on it. (laughs) Classic Portlandia. (laughs) 
So I love the passion. <laughs> like the passion in this is so amazing. So much passion. They the 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 between the intro is interesting because they're trying to do the on acoustic. Bobby Moon doesn't even try to do that, right? So then you get up to the chorus, and again they're trying to put that electric processed aggression into this acoustic version. Doesn't really work for me, but there's so much passion and it sounds really great. And the 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 um verse chorus the verses in this victor <laughs> victim or victor version sound like they sound great. They sound perfect. It's the choruses and the intro that got a little shaky for me. But other than that, that's an amazing cover. And then uh, here's quite a here's quite a scene. <sighs> this feels like classic Sadie Hawkins pod to me. So this is uploaded by I am Trey Robis. Robis. Trey Robis. I am T-R-E-R and the word obese. But they're not obese. And they're doing a vocal cover in the Bobby Moon style. But they're in the garage. And it's quite yep. a scene. It this is. is, like I said, classic haunted basement <laughs> or garage, you know, Sadie Hawkins pod discovery. And they're just, and they got themselves a mic stand, and they're gonna sing the song for you. So here it goes. So I am Trey Robis is doing what we all do and rocking out in their room, but they're doing it in the unfinished garage and he's got a mic stand and he's doing the full front man thing. He takes the mic off the stand, does the kicks, plays it up for the crowd. It's amazing. We all do this and we none of us have the bravery to put this on YouTube 13 years ago. I think he and Bobby Moon should start a band. They should. They could be the next... I was going to say Hoops and Teeson, but Hoops and Teeson aren't really... Hoops isn't a lead singer. They could be the next uh, Tom DeLong and Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, I need you, and you would not believe you're the only thing I want, because you're everything, you're everything I need. I love this garage. I could do so much with that garage. Trey, it's time to come in for dinner. What are you doing <laughs> out there? The, he, I guess he does this out, out in the garage because he can be as loud as he wants. And then it says... The, the YouTube video is called Reliant K, I Need You First Take Garage Way Too Hot. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no description, especially because this is an old YouTube video. This goes back to 2007. Wow. Yeah, and it's only got 1,000 views after 13 years. This definitely needs more. Let's look at comments. Um, you sing good in some parts of the song, but keep on going. You'll get better. Well, I wonder... If Trey's gotten better after 13 years. I thought he sounded pretty good. And then Moon... Yeah, I thought he sounded great. And then Mundo Happy Punk 12 years ago said, LOL. Is that Bobby Moon? Oh, good question. No, Mundo Happy Punk. Not Mundo, but Mundo. Like, 
Oh, I see. The word mundo, the Spanish word. Then we have one ukulele cover. And this is uploaded by Let's Fall in Lava. That's cute. <laughs> this is uploaded one year ago, so the podcast ha- had already started. So they fixed a problem that exists in these few covers for so many people is that this song has Tyson singing over himself, like cutting himself off mm-hmm. Robert Altman style, like having <laughs> like that famous, <laughs> like that dialogue or who's the West Wing creator? Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. So that like that Aaron Sorkin thing of like talking over each other right. like here you in the song you have Tyson those 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 lines are so compact together that literally they're edited they exist in an edit in a computer and you basically have Tyson in real life at the time the song was only two years old quickly switching back and forth and like trying to do those things or you would need like two singers to trade off classic he, walk and talk it, exactly well, here's a classic uke and slow it down because Fall in Lava adds a whole extra measure in there to catch your breath in between these lines that are supposed to be sung over each other. You know who else is a master of the walk and talk? George Lucas and the prequels. <laughs> yeah, that's all they do is they walk and talk and sit and talk and get up and walk and talk. It's all dialogue. There should be stage productions of the prequels. That would be really funny. That would be really amazing, and I'm actually. Not, I would love that. Yeah, and I'm not thinking of... And I'm not counting those... I want them serious, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That I'm, would be beautiful. I'm not thinking of those those Shakespeare books that exist where someone took all nine movies and wrote them as if William Shakespeare had written them. That doesn't count. I don't want the Shakespeare... Though that would be fun. I want, like, a stage production. Not a musical, but a stage play of episodes one through three (laughs) because there's it's already so much dialogue yeah and all of the action is so superfluous like it doesn't really need to exist like that's one of the big problems between both the sequel and the original trilogy even the one you hate but is that the action and the action scenes contain story as well and there's not a lot of story contained in george lucas's prequel uh action scenes like the action scene happened cut to story yeah yeah and yeah there's dialogue of course and there's and, you know an action scene gets you from one moment of the plot to the next but you can almost certainly remove those action scenes with just a simple stage direction of yeah a little fight a little tough tussle or something
The prequels are very Shakespearean when you think about it. Exactly. <laughs> He's making up words like Shakespeare did. Um, so this is great. and it, 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 That is very pretty. To be honest, even though I said uh, th- that Bobby Moon cover was the best one, I, f- I didn't actually listen to this one ahead of time. I saw it. I just threw it in the list and I said, we'll check this out together later. So that's also probably the best cover because she again transforms it and she does not especially because it's a ukulele cover not trying to emulate the studio version properly transforming it or properly adapting it to the limitations of the instrument you're using it's good stuff and not anxiety inducing no so there are two and so we'll end on um two fan music videos i guess we'll end on that we'll end on this one we'll do this one first so here's the slightly lower production one, or, you know, more amateurish production. And I don't mean that as an insult to Ending Strife. This is Ending Strife's YouTube channel. I don't mean to call them amateurish, but compared to the second video I'm going to play for you, you'll see what I mean by that. So. Like, oh, wow. SD, you know, consumer grade camera, but very well. You know, shots are constructed with thought and they did the picture thing quickly. a little bit like the uh, like the like the best thing music video. Yeah. So it opens with the guy going through his drawer at the bottom. Of his thing and he just empties his drawer and then he finds a picture of his girlfriend at the bottom. It feels very eraser head like when uh, <laughs> when eraser head goes through his weird drawers and it's filled with like a with like a dish of water and he puts a puts a coin in it and all that stuff it's like why did why did he go to the bottom of his drawer and he hid one picture under all his clothes and that's obviously his winter clothes that he stored away because they're in the bottom drawer poor jennifer lynch (laughs) and then he gets in the mirror and starts lip-syncing the song and is just getting angsty and upset because apparently someone did him wrong or he's missing someone he gets on his bed he's singing he's lip-syncing everything this is early 2000s yeah he needs his girlfriend who lives in canada he picks up his lined paper and he writes writes your love is like wounds on my heart he wrote i need you no i'm kidding what's more what's more 2000s emo than lined paper You know what, Dan? You are hard pressed to find anything. Like, wh- what's a more versatile symbol in our society than lined paper? Because it's a constant for every generation, and yet it symbolizes something different for every generation. But I generation. feel like it's not now, right? Like, you don't I'm see sh- a lot no, of lined paper now because everybody does stuff digitally. Yeah, maybe not in art as much. Like, so much lined paper in pop punk. So much lined So much. But there was definitely, like, lined paper imagery in classic rock and roll, or at least, like, that first yeah. wave of nostalgia classic rock yeah. and roll by the 70s when it's only, you're only, like, Oh, by the 60s, I think. By the 60s, people are already looking back 10 years in, like, fond nostalgia. And by then, lined paper becomes this thing. But, yeah, the pop punk 2000s warp Tour era, like, so much lined paper imagery in that scene. So much. 
You have to get out your your classic black comp- black and white composition <laughs> notebook. Right, and then black. Well, I mean, that's like a whole subgenre yeah. of the lined paper thing because yeah. black composition notebooks. That's imagery that's not just in music, but then you see a lot of that imagery also in like film and in like writing and stage stuff. I feel like you see a lot of black composition and notebooks. doodling on your converse. And doodling on your converse, exactly. What it's is taking me back? What is a shoe but um, God's notebook? What? So I guess the guy and the girl are in different places, but they can't be connected. But then he keeps cutting to shots where they're together, but they're looking down and don't notice that they are together in the same room, which is like The Last Jedi when Rey and uh, Junior Darth Vader are like connected and they're sort of in the same room, but they're sort of not. And like they can take things from each other and they can scar each other, but they're like connected. Why are they connected? We'll find out in the ninth movie. I'm still waiting for that ninth Star Wars movie. Are you excited to find out the end of the trilogy? The end of the Star Wars saga? The Skywalker saga is coming to an end soon? What do you think the title's going to be? You're just waiting. She doesn't want to feed into this. <laughs> so that's that music video. But you get it, like, classic bedroom, like, we're in the house for the day, let's shoot a music video. Now, this one's also shot in a house, but there's a lot more, like, going on here, and there's a very specific thing I think is happening. This is by Jordan Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, so they're not related to the secular version of Squirt. This is their music video, this is Jordan's music video. Opens with this cool little thing where he filmed Traffic from a profile view, right? And the cars keep going by real quickly. And as the cars go by, text in the background appears and disappears with each car. And it says, yeah, it's I really need you cool. music video. It's really The cars like cool. pass in front of the text. It's great. Then it cuts to an eight second countdown, like a film countdown. So like, ooh, are we going to be watching a music video shot on celluloid? Because <laughs> there was a celluloid countdown. It stopped at three though. We didn't even get down to two or one. Yeah. Oh. So now we're in another creepy basement garage, but there is so much going on. Wow. There was so, so much setup for... So full band performing and pretending that they're Reliant K, right? Yeah. And the camera is incredibly kinetic, incredibly frenetic or whatever the word is. There's a lot of in-camera movement, but also a lot of digital movement added. There's a lot of like fake camera effects added in like this is from years ago so this isn't red giant but it's something like red giant this is like from, after effects yeah probably. after effects like burn like like film burns on it and like all kinds of heavy effects we're just the cameras moving all around the band as they're rocking out in this kind of dirty dungy basement and then on the floor are all these pieces of paper not lined paper which would have been more akin to the aesthetic of the time but just pieces of like copier paper or printer paper that on them have been written words like let's look at some of these words all the different issues of kids in the day. Fear, trust, damage. I need you. Fear, trust. I went back. <laughs> Sex, discussion. I need you. <laughs> discussion. <laughs> so they're covered. Underneath the band is this all this litter of like nice clean pieces of paper with Sharpie written on them of all the issues that kids, all the anxious issues that kids deal with. There's a lot of post- 
editing trickery. Like they did do the, so they did do like you know like like focus out of focus stuff. Some of that might be post editing. Some of it might not be. I did this project for my nonlinear editing class. Is that what it says? I didn't read yeah. that. So this is because that, that's what I was gonna say. Is like this is very 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 well edited. There's a professional like there's a there's an up and coming professionalism to it. Mm -hmm. There's some cringy moments in the concept of the video, but like this is one of these things that we don't see a lot of someone who really knows their business with editing and making a music video and not having like those long shots of someone walking down a hallway for like 30 seconds of the song, right. which is there's like cut after cut after cut. But then we get into the thing, which they basically kind of stole. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. This is a very, very, another early 2000s thing where they show direct mid-shot, like, from the chest up, and the per and of different people holding up signs that say things like, like depression, fear, pain, because all these teenagers are dealing with this. It calls to mind so many different types of music videos. Yeah. It also kind of, like, um... Love uh, Actually. Love maybe. Actually, that, and, and, like, it all goes back to, and I don't know if he was the first one to do it, but uh, Bob Dylan did that famous music video where right. he has all the lyrics written on cue cards, and he just keeps throwing them down through each lyric, but then that becomes, like, a thing definitely in the To Write Love on Her Arms sort of era, where you just kind of, like, come up with these artistic emo-esque things about teen issues which were all valid like anyone it's easy to mock emo kids of the 2000s right but it's like it was all coming from actual pain and depression and fear yeah so i actually don't like just like disparaging emo culture at its face because yeah a lot of it was like fashion and superficial superficiality and money that came in from that but like when kids express themselves that way it's because they were actually in like a lot of pain and yeah. ignored and stuff for, yeah. so there is like a message here but it still has that corny nature it also reminds me of that um music video for secret i'll tell you my dirty little secret remember that yeah and each person holds up a piece of paper that says their <laughs> all secret american on it. rejects yeah. yes the only one i remember from that all american rejects is one of them said i like the smell of my own poop <laughs> <laughs> it was like that was that was surprising for this video So then, it's like the Justin Bieber music video where somebody drew oh, yeah. dicks on the frame, where every frame so they like some people could like draw yeah. on top of they it. They shot a full. They shot the video with him dancing, and then they printed out every frame of the video, set up a pop up shop where people come in and draw on each frame, and then they scanned each frame back in and recompiled the video. So it's all of this, who knows what song, I don't care, I'm not looking it up. <laughs> it's just these dancing animated drawn things on top and so many people drew dicks like skewering him and stuff. <laughs> but they put them, I mean, to their to their credit, to the creditor's credit, like they put them in. They did? I doubt very much it like got past him. I, I assume they knew this. Right. And they were like, hey, look, this is what happened. I think we should just go with it. It'll probably make us look better. Like how yeah. Justin Bieber had the the roast, the roast of Justin Bieber. Right. Like they occasionally do these things for Justin Bieber's public persona to try to make him seem like he's he understands. He's 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 a little hard to take. Like me. He's a little hard to take. But then like they only go so far until he does something else like shitty. Right. <laughs> So then... Dicks will only get you so far. 
So then finally, when the song has the big lift at the end, it's love, trust, I am free, I am free, I am loved, I am forgiven. I love you. Yay! We did it! We conquered anxiety and fear with this music video <laughs> by Jordan Hansen. We did it, folks! It, it, there's a behind-the-scenes thing that says why he chose this song and why he did it. If okay. you want to scroll down a little bit to the description box. Well, I don't think I skewered it. I think I was perfectly reasonable and level in my commentary on it. So if something this contains something, then uh, I don't think that will reflect too badly on me. This is my rendition of the music video for I Need You by Reliant K. I did this project in my non-linear editing class and then the credits for everyone who did all the parts. Um, you had Jordan Hansen... Josh Gill, Aaron Buchanan, John Cable, and Danny Ernest were in the band. I chose this song to basically describe how we all need God for different thing, for different ways. The first part of the video depicting the negative traits we all have struggles with, while the bridge deals where more trying to defeat those things, and finally the ending showing that you can overcome this stuff. I basically wanted a legit-looking video that it didn't matter the quality of the camera but that the editing and shooting took focus more than awkward shots and cheesy acting well i mean he's not wrong like whether or not you watch this video and think he accomplished it what he's describing is 90 percent of the fan music videos that i see so he he had that like conscious effort of knowing what a lot of youtube fan right. videos look like and trying to not fall into that I am a perfectionist and a drummer, so most of the shots, unless I really thought it fit, are almost perfect time rhythmically to the song and the parts. Enjoy. I mean, that's a little humble brag part. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's how a music video works. You cut it to the song. Yeah. But yeah, that's great. And then one person in the comments was like, it took me a minute to realize this wasn't actually really like <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I started the video, so the Grasshopper 4000 and their profile pic is Picard with the facepalm. I started this video without looking at the views or likes and totally thought it was legit until I realized the people in it weren't Reliant K. I am impressed. <laughs> and then Happy Trails Gaming. That was seven years ago that that comment came in for a video that's even older. 10 years ago. Okay, 10 years ago was the video. Seven years ago was Grasshopper 4000's comment. And then one years ago, Happy Trails Gaming says, Why are you impressed? It's not even them singing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, everyone's right and everyone's wrong. Like, I don't know what to say. So that's I Need You by Reliant K. Um, We did it. We didn't get any shipping videos? I'm shocked. This would be a perfect song to to make a shipping video to. That's right. Especially a turbulent relationship. Uh, but I saw the same old stuff with uh, with uh, more. I'm making an Anakin and Padme one. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. But I saw all the classic like uh, Final Fantasy ten, Final Fantasy ten. Uh, you know, different animes and stuff. Like I didn't find any fun like you know, unexpected gotcha. show. No, like, iCarly or uh, Hannah Montana or something like that. I don't know. I feel like it was, what was it? I think it was Devastation and Reform that we really, like, got the best ones on, so. Yeah. 
was hoping for another another from that same era. Well, I'm very sorry to have let you down, Jessica. I need you to forgive me. Oh, I do. Well, next week we have some plans. So in the next two weeks, we're doing our episode of Manic Monday, in which we'll also simulcast the crossover we did with Punko's Pod months ago. And then the year the year after that. <laughs> we're taking a break we're until next a, year. We're taking a See year you off. in 2022. <laughs> Just in time for the Reliant K concert um, in New York. Uh, and then we're doing Am I Understood? Which I'm looking forward to the episode because I'll be like, now I got to memorize the title. Because I was going to say, Am I Understood? Understood, am I misunderstood? Did you, am I understood? I never remember the exact phrasing of the title of that song. So anyway, Jessica, how do you feel about I Need You? I need you to tell me if you like this song more the same or better than last time. More the same or better? I can't like it less? (sighs) More the same or less. You know, I went on a journey with this song and I I think and I went from forgetting that it existed to being like, yeah, I'm really not into this and remembering that it existed and being like, yeah, I I know why I've never really connected with this song to finally really looking at the lyrics and being like, you know what? I actually like this song more than before. Nice. And I like it about the same to a little less only because I got really tired of it by the end. (laughs) Yeah, that that was an issue. As we were sitting here and you were going through the covers, I was definitely like, okay. Although, like, you know, Bobby Moon <laughs> and Am I Falling in Lava's covers definitely elevate the song more than For I sure. came out of it, came into this episode feeling. It's just a song that because of the way it's structured, it's hard to listen to it, like, over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, it's not quite like, I didn't, you know, it, it is one of the heavier, thrashier songs, quote unquote, on the album, and it doesn't quite hold up like a Devastation and Reform, Yeah, right? Devastation and Reform has this, like, returnable quality all the time, and while this song is very good in of, in of itself, and apparently with a Christian single, still just has that certain quality where it's like, I don't personally need to go to this. It just, it, it works for me in the track listing, even though it didn't work for you in the track listing. It works really well. It kind of sets you up for that roller coaster no, ride it. that is yeah. this album. Yeah. You need those ups and downs. You do. And when you, and when you really look at it with the rest of the track listing, I get it. I do yeah. get its placement. So you turned me on that one, Dan. There you go. I need you to love me forever. Done and done. <laughs>